Hello, and welcome to the fireside, with me, Jim. I'm really happy you decided to join me today. If, like me, you enjoy hearing stories, then you've come to the right place. I think there are interesting stories in every subject, just waiting to be plucked out and told. In this podcast, we're going to take a random subject and use it as a seed to do some research for one short hour. And in that time, I'll do my best to find a story within that I and you hopefully find enjoyable. So let's begin by bringing in the Wheel of Fortune style spinner and find out what today's subject will be. Okay, so today it's landed on Carrick Macross. I know that Carrick Macross is a small town in the Republic of Ireland. But just to clarify, I have never lived in Carrick Macross and I am not an expert in the town. I'm just a guy who likes finding interesting tales and learning a thing or two along the way about interesting subjects. So, I'm going to now go away and do my one hour's research on Carrick Cross. I'll be back in a few moments to let you know what stories I find. Hi, thanks for your patience. So, in that research I found some really interesting stuff. I've got two stories I want to say and tell you today. First one is regarding why Carrick Cross came into existence. But first, I want to talk to you about subjugation. Out of nowhere. (laughs) I think it's really interesting to be able to walk a mile in someone's shoes, and I think to understand how it must feel to be under the thumb of a group of people, another nation, maybe an enemy, is something that our ancestors and many, many people around today have to grapple with. Now, imagine being in that position and then being reminded every day of the fact that you are, you've been conquered or there are enemies in your lands. What struck me when I was doing research from Camera Cross? was the reason for Carrot Macross being started. It first started out as a town in the 17th century and it was it was built around a castle. It was called Essex Castle after the person who built it, the person who lived there, who was the third Earl of Essex, who is of course a Essex is in the UK, in England. And so this English noble has come over to Ireland and is living in the lands. And there was a castle where him and all his English friends and compatriots can feel safe, secure, behind their big walls. And, I mean, in those times, a castle, that was, that was the real deal. That was, you can defend yourself from anything from that. I said a bit of exaggeration, of course, but for someone living in there, it was the biggest thing on the skyline. It was the most imposing building that you could have. And so people living there, it must have been the biggest safety blanket. But what about the native Irish? 
Maybe those who did not want these people from England and Scotland just being given their land, the land that they've worked and their ancestors have had for generations. Well, the Irish in this area, they didn't mainly live in Cagmacross. They lived close but separate in Mauros, which is a small settlement nearby. And you can imagine living close, near, within eyesight of this castle, seeing it on your, on your way to work, while your family does all the things it needs to do to survive, and seeing this beacon, this reminder of, of the fact that someone else runs the show here. Something also interesting that definitely applies to Ireland, but also applies to many other parts of the world, is tensions between different groups of people because of religion. Now this is a story as old as time, and in regards to Ireland, tensions between Catholics and Protestants have caused violence and disruption forever. And while Cairncross was a was a growing town, it was becoming thriving. As you can imagine, the Irish Rebellion of 1641, in which 30,000 Catholics, led by Rory O'More, rose up and took arms against the English and Scottish settlers in an attempt to take back the land that had been taken from them and given over to these foreigners. Now, the intention originally was for this to be a, a bloodless war, if that is a thing that can happen, where the blood spilling would stick to the battlefield. Hopefully the death and destruction wouldn't kind of seep in as many wars do to the populations and the people who just want to get on with their lives. Now whether that was successful or not, I can't say. The records show that while it started off positive, positive in a, in a war, I know, um, well, it started off positive and they were trying to kind of keep this contained, it did, it did kind of slowly seep out and violence became more and more insepid and wide feeling. And of course this then escalated, as many wars do, to the Irish Confederate War the following year, in 1642, where William Cromwell invaded and subjugated Ireland in between the years of 1649 and 1653. So why do I tell you all this? Well, obviously a rebellion an Irish rebellion of 1641 will hamper growth of a town. And of course this podcast is about Carrick Macross. And so while the town was growing and, and thriving, some could say, during this time there were a, a slow town in, in growth. But after the violence had gone over its peak, Irish people started moving into Carrick Macross, it started growing again. But you've got to imagine that there were still scars and ill-content towards the English sitting in their castle. A constant reminder, a beacon 
that you can throw tens of thousands of people for freedom, for whether it's religious, whether it's land, whether it's economic, but they still sit there up there in their high towers. And so what I found really interesting is that, of course, and there'll be more violence, you know, this wasn't a story that was going to be ended in the earlier wars, and in the Williamite War, between 1688 and 1691, which was between William of Orange from the Protestants and James II from the Catholics, during that war, which once again, heavy religious undertones, William from the Netherlands, fiercely Protestant, and the deposed King James with his Catholic supporters, fought and... During this destructive war, you had events which would change character across. So during this war, there were battles all over the country, of course. And during this time, the castle in character across, Essex Castle, the bastion, the the defender of of the English, and a safety blanket, if you will, gets destroyed, gets burnt down, you know, pulled down. And it just made me think how that must feel for onlookers. Whether for the Irish people who for so long had to look at that and go, wow, you know, there's, there's nothing we can do here, you know. How, how will we fight against a a nation, a people, a kingdom who can build these these massive castles and to keep us in line. Well, what happens when you take that away? It's almost when the when the veil drops, when a castle during a conflict, which is dominating a country, and you know these are high stakes as well. These are stakes for the king of. Not only Ireland, but Scotland, of England, a powerful European power at the time. And what happens as a subjugated people when these symbols of the domination get torn down? Maybe it sparks a fire in people. Maybe some kindling, maybe some sparks that, that embolden. Because the castle wasn't rebuilt. It wasn't rebuilt, and... Now, on the site, I believe, sits a convent of St. Louis. Isn't that a bit funny that a convent, probably one of the more peaceful places, sits on the site of a castle, which one of its main purposes was to be threatening and to inspire the people who were inside and, and kind of put down the people outside. But I think that's interesting how one big building, a castle, can almost create a town, can be the seed of a town, and then as a symbol of what it represents standing and also then being torn down during a war which would be pivotal to the country. But that is that is the story about Carrick Macross's castle. And now, on to the next story. 
A little bit different from the one previously. A bit more lighthearted, maybe. Less war, which is kind of nice, you know. I've got another question for you, though. Why do people make their surroundings nicer? Why do people decorate and make things pretty? If you were to ask 100 people, you'd probably have different answers from everyone. Everyone's got their reason for doing things. And for what they wear, and for what they do to their surroundings. It's almost like a self-expression. In one of my favourite films of all time, the 2007 film Hot Fuzz, Sergeant Angel, the main character played by Simon Pegg, is exiled very early on to Sanford in the West Country of England, where he attempts to do police work, solve crimes, and find out why so many accidents are happening in Sanford. He also meets some very village-proud individuals. Now, they've created this perfect village. So proper, not a footstep wrong. And he's obviously accompanied by a police officer there who's played by Nick Frost. And it is an amazing film. I would recommend anyone watching it. But one of the things that comes across in that film is just this idyllic village. And throughout the film, all the characters that they come across are talking waxing lyrical about how amazing Sanford is and how proud they are to call it their home. Like with anything, creating nice things can be a competitive endeavour. Just got to look at the art world or fashion or anything like that to know that people like things to look nice. And like in Hot Fuzz, it's almost like the sole goal of a lot of the people there is for Sanford to win the upcoming village competition to win the first prize. And I'm not going to go into any more of Hot Furs because I don't want to spoil the film. For anyone who hasn't watched it, after this podcast is finished, do yourself a favour and go and watch it. It's so good. But how does this relate to Carrick Macross? Well, it's interesting the little tidbits that you can pick up through research. And I think when I found this out, it was like a line that I found about Carrick Macross and the Entente Floral Europe, which is known as the Flowery Alliance of Europe, which sounds amazing in itself. And effectively, it is a competition. If you're a sports fan, it's like a European Cup for horticultural kind of endeavours for villages, towns, and cities. So. In Europe, you can enter this if you'd like to show off what your area can do. And so, it really deals with, as I said, garden crops, fruits, vegetables, ornamental plants, how your town looks, how green it is, how, you know, all the things. There's a long list of points that these judges cross-reference your area around and give you points. And... I've got to be honest, I've never been too interested in in kind of, kind of gardening or 
or flower arranging or other flowery pursuits that probably the Flowery Alliance of Europe would be very excited by. But I do like the fact that there are people out there going around Europe judging little villages, towns, cities around Europe and giving out awards and medals for high performers and things that look nice, are decorative and are pretty. When I was doing my research, it made me smile to see a little footnote about Count Macross in 1998. The little town on the European stage winning silver medal in this championship, which means in at least 1998, there must have been some pretty green-thumbed individuals who would have put a lot of time and a lot of effort in the European competition, the Entente Florale Europe, and came second place in just making the nicest town possible. And I think that's pretty interesting indeed. Thank you for spending your time with me by the fire. I wasn't sure what to expect when Character Cross was the random subject today, but I'm happy to know a little bit more about a town that I otherwise may never have learned about. If you know any interesting stories or facts about Character Cross, or if you live there, it would be great to hear from you. If you'd like to join me again for a story around the fireside, then I'll be back here every Tuesday and Thursday. Your company will be greatly welcomed. I hope you have a lovely rest of day, and I will speak to you all again soon by the fireside. <laughs>